I'm Rebecca Lauderdale, and I'm your host for the Women Physicians Flourish podcast. I'm an internist in the Deep South who knows firsthand about burnout and also about the sometimes difficult but often wonderful journey to flourishing. My mission is to make this statement true. Women Physicians Flourish. And this podcast brings you the science and evidence-based practices that have helped me most, as well as inspiring people and stories about this journey. Because doctors like you deserve not just to be free of burnout, but to flourish. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I have got such a special interview for you today. Dr. Neka Anachukwu, or Dr. Una, as she is endearingly called by her patients and the many doctors she has mentored, is a pediatrician in Georgia at her practice, Ivy League Pediatrics, which has been voted Best of Gwinnett six times and rated five stars by over 300 parents. She has since built several successful businesses and now teaches physicians the skills of entrepreneurship through her podcast called EntreMD, short for Entrepreneur MD, and her group teaching program, the EntreMD Business School. This woman is a national treasure. She has a goal of helping 80,000 physicians create financial freedom through building profitable businesses, and she is well on her way. In our conversation today, Dr. Una talks candidly about her life as a mother, a wife, and a doctor, and about the shift in thinking women physicians need to have in order to be fulfilled in all of those areas of life. Yes, we do talk about housework and childcare, and we also talk about her perspective on the way the world has changed for physicians and how entrepreneurship and the skill of public speaking are at the top of her list as ways for physicians to continue thriving and why introverts can make great public speakers. Dr. Una is unusually insightful and was so gracious to spend this time with me. Please enjoy our interview. Dr. Una, thank you so much for setting aside some time to talk with me today. No, thank you for having me here. I've I've been excited about this. I've been waiting for it all day. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to hear that. So I've I've been excited and a little nervous looking forward to this because I know that you have you have a rare level of insight and experience and I want to make sure that it comes across to our listeners that they come away from this listening to this interview knowing what an amazing woman you are and um kind of being spurred to follow your work if they don't already and I also I just I want to tease some things out that Maybe you haven't covered in your own podcast, but you're so prolific that that's really difficult to do. (laughs) You'll be surprised. I think you'll be able to pull out some stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. I hope so. You'll have to let me know if I do. I will. Um, um, So I'm going to talk right here at the beginning a little more than I usually like to in an intro because I want to set up an idea or two and then just be quiet and let you talk. Um, So I've told my audience a bit about your background already. So they know what you do. They know about EntreMD and the business school and your pediatrics practice. And, you know, this podcast is about flourishing, about going beyond just not being burned out or being without pathology, but wanting physicians to reach their fullest potential. And I think you, you really embody that for a lot of us. So there's a quote 
uh, by the poet Rumi that I really love. I think it's relevant here. So the quote is this, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you've built against it. So in my experience, the removal of barriers has been a big part of learning how to flourish after having a really severe, profound burnout experience. And I, I'm fascinated by you. And I would just love to hear you talk about what barriers you've had to remove and overcome to get where you are. And I, yeah, just, I, I'd like to hear what you, what you have to say. I want to hear your wisdom. So see, you you already started because I haven't had that. I haven't been asked that question yet. So all right, there you go. <laughs> um, barriers, I would say a lot, mm. um, and they're all internal because um, a lot of times we think it's the external stuff, and it it, it really isn't. Um, a, a lot of times it's internal, and if I can go back in time to look at it, I think one of the one of the first ones was really that feeling like I was an underdog. And, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, when I moved back to the U.S. after my, after my medical school training, mm-hmm. um, y- you need to think of it. You know, I moved from Nigeria, which is, is an African country. It's in the tropics. And I left tropical medicine to come to what we would consider mm. temperate medicine. So I went from Burkitt's lymphomas and malaria and typhoid and all of this to mm-hmm. a Rocky Mountain who fever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so I started off residency, for instance, feeling like I'm I'm the I'm the underdog. Mm. You know, these are the people who should be here. I'm also here, trying to see if I can make it. Mm-hmm. And I had to, I had to work through and get rid of that thought. And like, I may have had a different experience in the beginning, but that doesn't mean I don't belong here. And that doesn't mean that I can't thrive here. And that doesn't mean I can't overcome this. And that doesn't mean I can't rise to the top. But that was a feeling, mm-hmm. it a thought, a barrier that I had to get rid of, right? So, like, So you recognized the thought then though, like you, you knew it was there and how, like, why do you think it is that you decided to believe something different? I mean, had you been had you been taught to question those sorts of thoughts about yourself? No, I hadn't. I think it was more the fact that I had made a decision that failure was not an option. Mm-hmm. And so it became very clear that if I kept thinking this way, this thought is going to stop me from getting to, because it's, it's a little overwhelming, right? Like mm-hmm. the hospital I trained in was a really good hospital, don't get me wrong. It had one CT scanner that sometimes worked. Oh, do you see what I'm saying? So to Uh go from that to all this stuff and everybody's so comfortable with all these other things, you're like, what are they talking about? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, so, you know, the thought is there. It's, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's overwhelming. It's there. And you have to go like, no, I learned other things. I can learn this stuff too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And the fact that I, I, I had to learn a different kind of, I learned medicine in a different way, which means my history and physical and medical decision-making was a lot stronger because mm. I didn't get to depend on technology as much, right? So I can mm. choose to also see that as like, I have this advantage and then I'm yeah. just going to add this other advantage. You, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. you know, so so I, I recognize it because it was so overwhelming. 
And that can show up for your, you know, like your listeners in different ways. So maybe you're like, well, I have an accent and they don't. Or you're like, well, they went to Ivy League schools and I didn't. Or, you, you know what I mean? It shows up mm-hmm. in so many different ways and you're like, I'm the underdog. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter at all. And, and so th- that was the very first one um, getting in. Um, I remember finishing residency and I did this ignorant but beautiful thing of starting a <laughs> private practice. <laughs> and I remember going like, I am not an entrepreneur. I am a physician. And that was a barrier because as long as I thought that, there was no way I was going to be able to pull it off as an entrepreneur. So I had this image, and a lot of physicians have this, where I am a physician. No, you're a human who happens to be a physician, right? right. I am a physician. So what that means is if there's anything physicians typically don't do, I can't do it, right? So I look mm-hmm. at people who have really big practices and all this stuff, and I'm like, they're just better than me, or they're, they're also entrepreneurs or whatever. And I'm like, at some point, um, I started really listening to um, Brian Tracy. Uh, you know, I did mm-hmm. a lot of his materials and his books and all that stuff. And he, he made a statement. He says, all business skills are learnable. I'm like, wait a minute. All business skills are learnable. All business skills are learnable. So the other people who have bigger businesses are not better than me. They just learned something that I don't know yet. And it's available to me and I can learn it and I can be a great entrepreneur too. And that's when I found this thing of plasticity, like I can become, I'm not fixed. Like I'm not a physician, boom, done, static. Mm-hmm. I, I can become, and when you embrace that, it means I can become a great entrepreneur. I can be a great mom. I can be this, I can be that. You know, it's just, it's just something I need to learn and I can expand. And that is so liberating. I yes. cannot even begin to describe how liberating <laughs> it is to know that I can change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can adopt new things. It, mm-hmm. Like, oh, it is so liberating. It's so liberating. like revolutionary, right? It is. It is remember, a game changer. Uh, this is seven or eight years ago, around the time I was kind of starting to recover from that burnout. And one of the things that made such an impact on me was reading Carol Dweck's book, uh, Mindset, where she goes through, you know, she doesn't just talk about it. She shows you study after study after study proving that all of these things about us are changeable, um, practically everything. You know, there's some, we have tendencies, we have traits, but so much is changeable. And I had not ever really believed that. And then you start to think, oh, well, what else is changeable? And what else is changeable? It becomes addicting. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good addiction. (laughs) Right. It's a good addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the other really big barriers I had is I'm an introvert. And I was not just your average introvert. I was a very, very introverted, socially awkward, shy introvert. Like I had it all. I would not talk to people. I would not engage in any kind of way. I love texting because I don't have to see you. <laughs> you know, that that was me. I, I didn't want a big wedding because, and, you know, and culturally for Nigeria, I mean, we do two or three weddings. Like this is, this is a big deal. I was like, I'm not doing any of that. Like, forget it. I got married on a Tuesday. I was like, I'm not doing did that. You? I, I did. <laughs> I was, I was a, a big introvert. And I think the, the barrier there was my understanding of what an introvert is, right? Mm-hmm. Because to me, that meant I had a handicap, that was my interpretation. Mm-hmm. I have a handicap, so which means I can never do great socially. I can never show up strongly on stage. I can never be this confident person because I was born this way. I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I remember realizing that that's not true. <laughs> like, I'm an introvert means that I draw my strength from solitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love my own company. And um, I, I don't mind being around people, but when I'm done with all that, I need to recharge. And recharging for me means going to take a walk in my quiet subdivision by myself. Um, it could mean going to Barnes & Noble, sitting in the Starbucks, putting my headphones in so nobody feels like they have to have any conversations with me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and all the introverts are going like, yeah, she gets yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, quiet walk by the beach, like, just leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And, but I can still show up and dominate on stage. Mm-hmm. I can still network like a pro. Mm-hmm. I can still run three podcasts. I can do all those things. So again, very liberating. Like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I don't have a handicap. It's not real, <laughs> right? <laughs> it was, it, it's so, and, and, and the funny thing, and you know, anyone who's an introvert get a kick out of this. One of my zones of genius is life events. Mm-hmm. Isn't that strange? for uh-huh. an introvert, right? So what if I never found out that this is not a true handicap? What if I never found out that I could truly rock a stage? Yeah. I would have never discovered this part. Like yeah. every time I've been on stage, I've had fun. I've never worked hard on stage, <laughs> virtual or otherwise. I've never, it's, I love it. I love inspiring, helping, giving tips, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. It, it's so much fun. And so when think, did you when did you start speaking? Like how did that come along after after you had you started your own practice? Yes, this was this was way after. Like after, after I started my practice, I, I was still very introverted. I wasn't doing any of that stuff. And so really what happened was this was 2016. Mm-hmm. And so this is five years ago. I, I had this knowing, for want of a better way to put it, that medicine as we know it is gone. Like mm-hmm. It's changed. It's never coming back. A time is coming where doctors will not have job security. The loss of autonomy is going to be worse and all of this stuff. And so the question was, if you cannot make money as a physician seeing patients, what happens? Like you can't, you can't set yourself up where you don't have, you can't create multiple streams of income, right? Mm -hmm. That was the thought. Like what Mm -hmm. if, what if there is no job security? What if, something happens with insurance and your practice can't work the way you want it to work. What if that happens? So Mm -hmm. I was like, you have to build other ways of helping the world and building revenue, right? And so it's like speaking, consulting. I didn't even know what coaching was at the time, right? So speaking, Mm -hmm. consulting, um, you know, be an author, like explore all of those things. So when I thought about it, I'm like speaking, speaking, like being on stage, talking to people, like that kind of stuff. (laughs) I was like, I don't, you know, and then you know the way it is. Once you start exploring those things, things happen. And so there was a speaker's boot camp and I signed up for it and I went to the event and oh my gosh, it was amazing. And they had this coaching program um, for 10 months and it was 43 grand. It was speaking. I had all the reasons to say no. Number one is speaking. Number two is 43 grand, right? Like double, <laughs> two for the price of one. There's no reason I should be doing this. But I, I was like, but I want to explore all of me. I want to develop Mm -hmm. all of my potentials and there's more that I can do. And if I'm going to get a message across, because at this point I'd already started helping doctors. I was like, if I'm going to get my message across, I need to know how to speak. Mm -hmm. And so I enrolled in that scared spitless. I attended the whole program (laughs) scared spitless, but I came out a speaker. (laughs) I think that that's so like, 
I wonder if if part of that is something that many many of us introverts may not recognize how much that that work that speaking is so interior. Um, you know, like there's so much of it that really is it's in it's an interior work, and then you get out onto a stage and you do interact with people, but so much of it is interior. And and I think that you know, maybe that's one reason that introverts really can shine at it and really surprise the people that know us because, um, because there's just this work that we can do with our thoughts yes, and in creating material, you know, for speaking. And I also, I love, you know, you brought up the point of, um, that kind of perception that you had back in 2016, um, that you realized that things are changing for physicians and, um, that's that's so perceptive. I've only in the past year really come to truly believe that. And um, I wholeheartedly agree with, um, you know, your idea that physicians need to be able to communicate publicly. We need that skill. It need, we do. We, because we cannot maintain our credibility any other way. You know, we can sit in exam rooms with people, but if we can't counter some quack on TV <laughs> and sound like we know what we're talking about, then we've lost. We've lost. We, we have. And the truth of the matter is in some, in some instances we already have, we can mm-hmm. catch up, but we have. Yeah. Um, for instance, in my, in, you know, in, in the, in the world of pediatrics, there, there was a time, a lot of pediatricians didn't accept patients who wouldn't, you know, who weren't getting vaccines and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And for the longest, I didn't do that. And, and the reason why I didn't was because I felt we were responsible. Yeah. Every anti-vaxxer was out there talking mm-hmm. and the physicians were quiet. Now, this is years ago. Physicians talk more, but but we were quiet. Mm-hmm. And the the loudest voice always wins. It's not mm-hmm. the evidence-based voice that wins. It's the loudest voice. And so we were really silent. And so when it comes to health, we have the best information. We should mm-hmm. be speaking. When it comes to people who at their core, want to help people is physicians. Every time I've polled physicians, over 90% of them are like, I went into medicine to help. So mm-hmm. if we're the people who are going to help, we need to be out there speaking. Um, if we are going to, um, if we're going to share messages that would change our world, we have to learn to speak. And then guess what? Guess who has the best stories ever? Doctors, right? Like, think of how many shows (laughs) ER, Grey's Anatomy, Chicago PD, Chicago Med. Like, it's Mm -hmm. all we have the best stories. So, if all you want to be is an inspirational speaker, you have the (laughs) best stories. You're exactly right. Yeah, we should we should speak. We 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 should one hundred percent speak. Yeah. So I have a question for you, kind of along the lines where I, I was asking about barriers. So, um. And I think a lot of my listeners would be interested in hearing what you have to say about it, just your personal experience with you. You're a, you're a mother, you're a wife, you're a doctor, you're an entrepreneur. And one of the barriers that, that women have that are different than men in medicine is our, we, we tend to shoulder more household and childcare duties. And for many women that keeps them from getting promoted or from seeking promotions or from feeling like they have the freedom to do other things. So for you, what, 
what things have you what things have you done in your family to um to stay connected and and be the mother that you want to be and also be this entrepreneur like how do you do you do you have um um do you have help do you what what do you do and i i've had i've heard some people say I don't want to answer those questions because until they start asking men those questions. But oh, I want. Is, to I think this is important. This <laughs> I want to, actually that was going to be my fourth barrier. So this is a great question. I want to answer this question mm. now for for every woman listening. If if you truly think about your life and you're like, I'm here for a reason. I want to leave my mark in the world. And I want to be a great wife and I want to be a great mom and I want to be a great doctor and I want all the things you can have them. Um, but there, you're going to need to do a few things. And one of them is you're going to become the CEO mm-hmm. of your enterprise. It doesn't mean your business. It means your life, mm-hmm. right? You're going to have to start thinking differently about it. Um, mm-hmm. I am the CEO. I am the boss, right? Because <laughs> guess what the boss gets to do? The boss gets to make decisions, right? right? <laughs> okay. So I am the boss here. I, I'm in charge here. And you're going to need a tribe. Mm-hmm. It is not possible without a tribe. And so I'll tell you what I have done. Now, I would love to say that this was all my idea. Delegation is something I'm still working really hard at. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not something that comes easy to me at all. And, but, but my husband, on the other hand, is a pro, right? All right. And I remember, oh yeah, he's a pro. (laughs) And when, when we first got married, I used to get so upset and bent out of shape because I didn't cook and I didn't do this and I didn't, you know, like all the things because when I started my practice, I was working part-time in urgent care. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it's my brother that cooks food for the kids. And sometimes I walk in and my house (laughs) is a little messy and, and, you know, I'm getting all bent out of shape shape and all this stuff. And then one day I remember, I still remember this day very clearly. I did a 4 P to 12 AM shift at urgent care um, Mm -hmm. after working the office. Right. So Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen my kids all day. I walk in, um, there's just one little light in the kitchen that's on. And I just sit there. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, you know, my house doesn't look the way I wasn't there for my kids, blah, 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 blah. And I just had this thing of, you know what? That life where you did everything and you were in charge of everything and you controlled all the time and all that, that life is gone. You need to give it up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you were single, mm-hmm. and you lived by yourselves. They made all the decision. No, you know, no right. kid pooped right after you strapped them in the car seat and all this <laughs> stuff. Like you didn't have any of that. Like that life is mm-hmm. gone. You have a toddler. So yes, you are going to have stuff out of place in your house. This, like, mm-hmm. give it up. Like, accept the chaos. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean, you know, live in a mess. I'm, I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. But there, yeah. there's going to be something that are just, you know, they're just a d- difference. It's a phase of life. Mm-hmm. And then my husband really started pushing for delegation. And I fought it in the beginning. I, I have to cook. Why do you have to cook? Mm-hmm. You're a physician. You're working a job. You, you're, you're starting a business, you have children, you have a, you're, you're a human being. Like mm-hmm. if you don't want to do any of the other things, take a nap, but why do you have to cook? Mm-hmm. So as it is right now, I don't cook. I don't clean. When I had my kids uh, in, in school, I had someone who took them to school and brought them back. I have an executive assistant. Literally, if you invited me to speak at a conference, I would give my executive assistant the date. She would buy the tickets, get the hotel send all the emails that need to be sent out. She would shop for the event because I do not shop. 
I'm not the girl who likes shopping. It's not relaxing. It's annoying <laughs> for it. me. So it's delegated. She will shop, bring it here. She's like, you're here for three days. These are your outfits for the three days. This is this, this is that. Is this good? I'll try it on. If there's anyone I don't like, she'll take it back. I delegate everything. Mm-hmm. There's no way to do everything, like all the things your dreams are, and do everything of maintaining your life. You can't have it both yeah. ways. Right. And now, so this is 11 years in, right? I started my practice 11 years ago. So I didn't start with having all this support, but I I started acquiring them one after the other. So Mm -hmm. if you're listening and you're like, I don't even know where to start, just get someone who come every weekend and do the laundry. Yeah. Right. Get someone who come in over the weekend and meal meal prep for you. Pick like Mm -hmm. pick something. Like don't walk away from this episode and not pick some. Pick anything, Mm -hmm. and then start build because I'm still building. And I still have roadblocks in my mind, like, oh, you know, I, I still have to do all these things and I, I hate doing them, but I have to do, and I can't imagine who could do them. What do you mean? There's 7 billion people on earth. Of course, there's someone exactly. who can do them, right? Right. And there's, and only me can, you know, wash my sink or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, no, and nobody can do it like me. Yeah. So, so yeah. it's a lot of delegation. It, it's when I say a lot, I mean a lot, a lot of delegation, mm-hmm. get things off your plate. And if you do that, that frees you up to do other stuff. Right. Yeah. And and that's just the way it is. If you want to embrace all these things, that's, that's the way mm-hmm. it's going to be. And then in your business is the same thing. Your private practice is the same thing. I see a lot of doctors who do a lot of stuff and I'm like, but there are other people in your office who could do that. Why are you doing that? You are the most expensive employee you have. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you doing that? Now, if you are going to delegate, I will put this thing here. Human beings are like antibiotics. They will fix your ear infection, but they will give you diarrhea. Okay. (laughs) Everybody needs to be clear. Okay. There are no perfect people. Right. Chances are nobody will do it exactly the way you do it with your kids (laughs) and your food and all of that. But B plus work is amazing work if it frees you up to do higher level work. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, some, some people will disappoint you. Some people will hurt you. Some people, but people give diarrhea. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they, they, but the benefit, <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I'm a pediatrician. I wish I could find, you know, a nicer <laughs> word picture, but, but this is the one I have. Okay. <laughs> no, it's the same for adults. <laughs> I'm you adult know, primary so, care, so it's the same thing. So it's the same thing. So, yeah. you know, so you just have to come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. And not let it throw. So if somebody does something, maybe somebody, they didn't quite work out, you had to fire them. That doesn't mean, well, I'm never doing this again. No, don't do that. You just had diarrhea. We, we changed the antibiotic, right? Like mm-hmm. that's what we're going to do. Um, so you have to, you have to embrace that. And then I think the third thing is, you know, as women, we have different phases and seasons of life. And mm-hmm. if we have an understanding of that, that does help. Um, so for instance, when I started my practice, my kids were younger. I, when I started, I had an 18 month old and a four month old. Don't ask mm-hmm. me what I was thinking. Ooh. I don't, I don't know how much thinking I was doing, but <laughs> that, that's what, that's the way it was when, when we started. And in the, you know, at four years later, I had baby number three and five, five years later, I had baby number four. And so when they were much younger, there was a little more chaos, Mm-hmm. Right, like you know, you're running to pick them up, you, you know, all this kind of stuff, and some is not, someone's not sleeping at night, and all of that. But just recognize it for what it is. It's a phase, so mm-hmm. it's going to be a little different, but it's just a phase. Right, it, it really is. And you get to focus on different things at different phases. Yes, 
And, and so you just roll with it. You're, you're mm-hmm. no longer upset because, you know, it's a phase. That's the way it is. Yeah. And now, you know, my oldest is 13 and the second is 11 and, and the babies are six and seven. So they help take care of the babies, right? All four mm-hmm. of them are here. And amazingly, we're having a quiet podcast. That's awesome. on, right? <laughs> you know, so just recognize their phases. So don't compare your phase one with somebody else's phase three or, you know, or or things Mm -hmm. like that. So when I first started speaking, there are people in the speaking program who are traveling all over um, to do speaking gigs. There's no way I could. My my babies Mm -hmm. were a little too young. I couldn't be out on weekends and stuff. And I was like, well, that's fine. Everything you're teaching me, I'm going to do them on Facebook Live. So I set my own, I created my own stage and I was doing Mm -hmm. a lot of speaking gigs, you know what I'm saying, Uh (laughs) right? Or I'll host a masterclass or whatever. So I can practice, but just recognize their different phases and, and, and it's okay. Cause sometimes what happens, you have a little baby, you feel tied down. Yeah. Right. Like, Oh, I'm tied down, you know, but what if you didn't feel that way? What if you just enjoyed mm-hmm. your time with your baby knowing that the time to fly is coming? Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. I, um, and one, you know, something else I wanted to, um, I've, I've learned those lessons to some degree, not, I'm not, I'm not as good as you are yet at, at getting the help and the delegation, but I, um, I have learned to do much better in asking for help, whether that's help I'm paying for or it's friends. And there is a richness that comes in relationships when you can ask for help and letting people see what you need. And that's the only way people, any, anybody ever knows you. And if you don't do that, then people don't know you and you don't feel known. So I think that's um, just a really important thing for us to learn is, to, is that, that asking for help is, is a relationship tool as well. And, and just the, you can feel so much gratitude for somebody that does your laundry. Yeah, because yeah. it is an amazing thing amazing. to come home to a clean house and laundry all put up, and you're you, and you've got little kids, you know, and your house is clean. It's pretty yeah. amazing. And, and yeah. I like that you say that because a lot of times what I get from people is, well, I don't want to bother people. Oh, and and I'm like, yeah. well, well, I remember you went the other day to pick up this person's kids, mm-hmm. and I remember the other day you took a meal to this person. I remember the other day this person was sick and you went to visit them in the ho- at the hospital. W- mm-hmm. Were they bothering you? No, yeah. they weren't bothering me. I I I, I love to do that. I'm um, yeah. I'm like yeah. And there are people mm-hmm. who would love to help you. They just right. have no idea that you need help. You're don't bother. Don't them. deny other people the opportunity exactly to, to have exactly. that relationship with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I wanted to also ask you, I know, you know, you've been, you've been working on your business for a long time now. You're, you're years into this entrepreneurial journey. And um, I'm wondering what, what are the lessons that you're learning in your life right now? What are the things that you're focusing on? So right now, um, there are two main things. Um, and the first one is so funny because it's delegation. <laughs> <laughs> So I've, I've learned a lot of delegation, but I realize, um, you know, so for instance, for, for EntreMD, um, the real reason why it's there is because I want to help doctors learn how to build profitable businesses so they can take back control. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it, it's a business, but it's more of a mission. It's more of my yeah. life's work. And, you know, I said this BHAG, I talk about it all the time where I want to help 80,000 doctors do this. Mm-hmm. I can't do that by myself. 
There's no way to do that. Mm -hmm. And so there are things that I haven't been able to bring myself to delegate. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I have to build a bigger team. Um, I have to build more relationships. I have to do all these things if I'm going to hit that goal. So it's almost like, well, I'm doing a good job of delegation at this level, but then now I have to 10x that or or something like that. So I'm working on that. I'm actually reading the book, Who Not How. I've read it before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm reading mm-hmm. it again. It's a really Who good book. Who Not How? That's the name? Who Not How by Dan okay. Sullivan. It's a really, It's a really good book. And even if you feel like, I can't think about the whole delegation thing. Read it, and then you'll read it again. <laughs> so I'm rereading it. I'll have to pick and that one up. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great book. I'm rereading it and and working on you know where do I need to leverage the power of a team, or leverage the power of you know people, and so that I can hit this target. And so mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I'm 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 working on. And and that's a beautiful point because you know so. To, to piggyback a little bit, some, sometimes people will tell me, I'm like, you know, read this book. They're like, I've read it before. I'm like, the you that read the book no longer mm-hmm. exists. This mm-hmm. new you needs to read this book because this new you is going to see different things and get, you know, new things out of it. And so sometimes the things that you've conquered or learned or whatever in business, as you grow, you have to relearn for the, for, for the new level. And mm-hmm. I just thought to point that out because, you know, yeah. sometimes people miss that. So it that's hits differently. It yeah. hits very, very differently. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're like, have I read this before? Yeah. <laughs> the old yeah. you has. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is as an entrepreneur, one of the best things you can do is learn to see things that don't exist yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, um, you know, like like this podcast, um, which, you know, if anybody's listening, you haven't subscribed, please subscribe and please share. okay? because, yeah, because you're doing amazing work and this is really important. Um, You know, you you can you're the one that has to see a hundred thousand downloads, even though you're like, well, I'm not really close to that yet, but you need to be able to see that so you can accomplish it. And your ability to see things that are not there yet is what helps you have an impact that you never thought you could have. Like all this stuff happening with EntreMD. I mean, EntreMD is going to be three years old in a little bit. I, I could not have imagined it. it it's, it's just all from, would I see further and then get there and see further and keep pushing? <laughs> so I'm literally at that phase where I'm studying vision, visioneering, mm-hmm. magical mm-hmm. thinking, all of that, because I'm like, it's time for me to sit down again and reimagine the impact I can have, reimagine the change that can be created for the physician community, reimagine the results that doctors can get and all of that stuff. So I'm literally in the middle of that. Oh, that's that's, exciting. Yeah, I mean, it it is. (laughs) So that's, again, really interesting question. Nobody's asked me that before. (laughs) Good. So I have enjoyed talking with you so much. Um, it means a great deal to me that you spent time with me. I've One of the things I've talked about on my podcast is how important it is to have mentors. And when I needed the most, I really didn't have good mentors. And so people like you, um, I just appreciate you so much. Um, before we go, quick kind of fun question. Um you already said what's on your nightstand or what you're reading. Anything fictional or TV or movie you've watched lately that you would recommend to us? So a uh, fun fact, I don't read fiction. I, I, I should, mm-hmm. but I'm like, 
I need to read like 40 books a year. I don't have time for fiction. <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing I do. <laughs> it's a weird thing I do, but so no fiction. But I recently watched Manifest on Netflix. Uh-huh. And it was so funny because some of them I was like, this is not really this is not a really good storyline at this point but i was like yeah I'm, I'm just here for the relaxation okay i don't need to be thinking hard <laughs> about a tv show so i thoroughly enjoyed all of it <laughs> that is so funny because i recorded an episode uh, i recorded a podcast interview with bonnie Koo last week and she said oh, she, wa- she watched it same she, thing she posted on social same media thing. <laughs> So that's what she said too. Yes. Like it wasn't too she's good. Like, but it-, it was like, she's like, the acting is kind of, you know, but she's like, it was entertaining. It was, you, you know. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just there for the entertainment. That's, that's all. Uh-huh. We've been watching it. I have a, um, a daughter who's 16 and she watched it, you know, by herself. And then she wanted us to watch it with her. So we're in the middle of it. So okay. I, I, I understand exactly what you mean. Yeah. Enjoy it. Especially season two. I was like, come on people. But this is, <laughs> I'm just here for the relaxation. <laughs> Oh, I've had so much fun with you. Thank you so much. I hope that we get to connect again very soon. Absolutely. And, you know, I would love to say thank you for what you do for the physician community. Mm. Um, and, and and I say that because it, it, it's you have to take bold steps and dare all your fears to start oh, a podcast. Yeah. Right. Yes. To put your thoughts out there, to put, mm-hmm. make yourself open to criticism and all of that. I, I understand that. But in the times that we're in, it is so what you're doing is so, so, so important. I cannot tell you. I'll tell you this because I've been podcasting for a little bit. You don't know. Mm. You, you're going to have six months from now someone tell you you're the only reason why I survived my last job. Someone's going to tell you, you are the only reason why I had the boldness to start that business. Mm -hmm. Someone is going to tell you that I was making the money. I love my job, but my personal life was such a mess and I couldn't connect to my purpose because I was so afraid, but I learned about asking for help and delegation Mm -hmm. from you. You're going to hear all those stories. So what what you do is important. I, I just want to say, you know, rock it and own it like you already are. And I, I really value it. There are a million physicians mm. and most of them are having a hard time. What yeah. you do is important. That's why we do this, huh? Yeah, that's why. Yeah. 100%. Thank you so much, Dr. Una. Thank you. Thank you for having <laughs> me. Uh, thank you for listening. That was such a great conversation. If you're like me, I feel like I could listen to Dr. Una and talk with her uh, all day long. Uh, I find her to be so wise and kind and generous with sharing her experiences and her insight. She's just become one of my favorite people. And I encourage you to uh, listen to her podcast, Entre MD, E-N-T-R-E-M-D, Entrepreneur MD, and uh, consider um, signing up for her business school when she enrolls again. It is um, an amazing experience. Uh, I want to read you that line again from Rumi, the, the ancient Sufi poet, about love. Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. I find that to be so true. Uh, 
that finding the barriers is sometimes the the, the biggest work, um, not in just cultivating love, but any other qualities uh, that are complex. And not trying to smash the barriers, not trying to crush them, but recognizing and gently setting about um, the work of, of removing them um, over time and understanding that those barriers were there to begin with um, as a protective mechanism, most likely, and, um, and they're just not serving you any longer. But uh, that is my, my hope for you this week is that um, you will be able to find the barriers and begin the work of removing them and being gentle and kind with yourself in the meanwhile. And also um, from our conversation, think about the ways that, that you need help uh, or the ways that getting help could help you do things that you enjoy um, and be more effective and flourish better. Consider asking someone for help this week. And remember that when you ask somebody for something, for help, for anything, that you're inviting them into a role in your life. And and don't, you know, don't deny the people who love you the opportunity um, to help you. That's a that's a big way of making our relationships more meaningful. So um, think about that this week. Uh, As always, much love. I will see you next week. I hope that you enjoy the music. I spend way more time than I should um, (laughs) creating the soundtrack for this podcast. But, you know, I jokingly say that one of the reasons, the main reasons I started the podcast was just so that I could do the soundtrack. Um, So I hope you enjoy that. And if not, please humor me. Um, But um, again, much love and I will see you next week.